right, so going back to always what we're doing with our learning essential question. Um, we're always coming back to how can you manage and successfully manage and operate our school greenhouse, okay? So you guys have a ton of plants that we're dealing with right now. Um, and we got some more plugs that came in. You guys will be working in your groups and your names are at the bottom. But you're going to be at your groups um, planting whatever is on your paper. On many days, Casey Revel's classroom is actually a greenhouse behind Sussex Central High School. Inside, she teaches students how to plant and care for a variety of plants, vegetables, and flowers, some of which are sold to the public every spring. To watch her teach is to watch someone who is in her element, who truly loves what she does. Her passion and enthusiasm for agri-science clearly rubs off on her students, many of whom use adjectives such as kind, gentle, and supportive to describe her. But Casey's journey didn't start in agri-science or even in the Indian River School District. She spent the first six years of her career as a middle school math teacher and secondary instructional math coach in the Woodbridge School District. But some self-reflection during an extremely difficult time made her realize that agriculture was in her blood and that it was what she wanted to teach. We'll let her tell us about the journey that brought her to Sussex Central High School in 2020. I know that the pandemic, I think, was hard for a lot of people and especially me too, but it was also a way for me to self-reflect on who I really was and what I wanted, not just in a career, but also life. So. When I grew up, uh, my first job ever was at a farm stand, actually. Um, it was the little wagon on 404. And I was doing all of the sales part of it. But also, I was actually out there picking in the field, picking zucchini, squash, all of that stuff. So that is what I was raised by. That was my first job ever. And I grew up on a farm. My father had two chicken houses. He grew from Mount Air. So I was pretty much born and raised in agriculture. I was part of a 4-H program. So Agriculture was in my blood, whether I liked it or not. I think the pandemic made me realize that without agriculture, where would our world be? We were going through a time being where people couldn't get certain food and they couldn't get certain supplies. And I just reflected, you know, on my time period of when I was a kid and I was like, I love teaching, but I didn't know I wanted to do math. So at the time during pandemic, I was an instructional math coach. Loved it. I enjoyed it. However, I was still fresh out of the classroom. I was only six years um, into my career as a teacher, and I was only two years out of the classroom. So I did four years as a math coach or math teacher, and then two years as an instructional math coach. And at that time period, I was like, wait, I was like, I think I got out too soon because I truly feel that the kids make you young. Teaching does make you young. And it was just a different aspect for me. And I was like, I think that I'm going to do a career change. So funny enough, Brandon McCabe has always joked to me before the pandemic. He was like, you should come teach ag at Central. And I was like, what? And the, and the part was too, I grew up in the Woodbridge School District. So that was home for me. And um, my, my, like that was my family. My, my dad went there. My sister went there. So it was home for me. It had become home. And moving forward, you know, we're in the pandemic and an ag teacher job opens up. Um, and my husband, Chris, is also a teacher in our district. He is also graduated from Sussex Central High School, and he always has talked highly about Indian River School District and Sussex Central. So when the opportunity came about, I was like, okay, so let me do some research. <laughs> so I asked Brandon, I was like, called him up. I was like, okay, 
what does this entail? So when I called him, he was like, okay, well, like explain all, all the ins and outs, any questions I had. But then he was like, yeah, and if you like get the job, you'll have to teach intro to structures. And I was like, okay, um, okay, all right, I can do this. I can, sure, let's do it. And he said, you'd also have one section of plant science. I interviewed and everything and I got the position and here I am <laughs> as the district teacher of the year for Indian River School District. You heard that right. On May 4th, Casey was named the 2023-24 Indian River School District Teacher of the Year during a special ceremony at the Seed and Sapling Events Venue in Frankfurt. She was chosen as the district's overall winner from a pool of 15 candidates, one from each district school. I'm Dave Mall, and Casey recently joined me on Zoom to talk about her career and what it means to be named IRSD Teacher of the Year. I quickly discovered that Casey loves to talk about her students and her role as an agri-science teacher and FFA advisor at Sussex Central. Her enthusiasm for the job is not only obvious, but infectious. Here's the rest of my interview with Casey. And just mm -hmm. judging from your video, it, it really seems like you have a very good rapport with your students. Mm -hmm. What's the key to that? So I will say just because I have been a student, I've been through teaching and I've been through different, the math part. And I've also been just in different roles, I would say. Learning about the students is what gives you the rapport uh, and just making that effort to talk to them. So one thing that had stuck with me throughout my career and just, I remember when I was just starting off teaching, I went to, it was part of our PD. And I remember one of the speakers saying, regardless of if you have this student in your class or not, get to know their name. So every time I'm walking in the hallway or someone passes my classroom, I always made it a point to ask, what's your name? Like I would say, good morning or good afternoon. Hey, what's your name? Especially if I saw the kid more than once. And that helped build a rapport because eventually I would have that student, uh, especially in CTE now, and there's 2,000 students at Sussex Central. So it helps me get to know them when they come take my class. And it also helps them be like, oh, who's that person? And then they come and take my class. So it also is kind of like a catch-22 because I get to know them. Plus, it also helps grow my program in the plant science part as well. Um, but at the end of the day, they're, they're kids and they're going through things I think that some adults don't realize what they're going through. Um, so I always just kind of keep that in the back of my mind, especially when I started teaching. You know, I luckily came from a very strong family background, but I know that there are students that aren't. So I always, always tell my kids, like every day they come in my classroom is a new day. And I always make a point to ask them something specific about them. So what kind of music do they like? Or how did your game go? And the, the great thing about it, too, and I think with just teaching in general, is if your kids can teach you something, your students, that's good teaching. And that has always been prevalent for me and also important because when I started teaching, I felt like I had to be perfect. Like I had to be the expert in everything. However, that's not the case. To me, a good teacher is when you're teaching the kids, but they're also teaching you something because I learn everything like new generational. Like, I mean, like, yes, I have social media and everything, but like what they learn and their like catchphrases, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> uh, do you guys notice where it says soil bin number one and soil bin number two? Yes. All right. So what you guys are going to do, that's where you're going to be at with your soil bin, because do you think I want all of you guys at soil bin number two? 
No, because that would be a hot mess express. I don't want that. Speaking of that, I mean, I, you're, you're the first teacher I ever saw that used the term, I think, hot mess express uh, when you were explaining <laughs> something to him. And I thought that was particularly funny when I was watching your video. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Um, you have to put vocabulary in there that obviously is based off your content, but also they can understand and have comedic relief in there just because that makes them enjoy coming to your class. If I can make them smile and laugh and I'm okay because I used to be a middle school teacher, I understand that if you do something funny, even though you might not look cool in your own eyes, they think you're funny secretly. They may not say it, but they're laughing inside. So a couple of weeks ago on May 4th, you were named IRSD Teacher of the Year. At, and there was a, at a really nice ceremony held at uh, Seed Sapling in Frankfurt. For people who don't know, it's a top secret thing. Um, it's always a surprise. Only a few people know, uh, you know who the winner is going into that, that night. So were you surprised to hear your name called as the Teacher of the Year at the end of the evening? I'm getting goosebumps as you say it still. I think I'm still in shock uh, just because oh, I get teary-eyed thinking about it. Um, just because it was a lot uh, to take the career change and really do it during the pandemic because I think no one knew what education looked like. And I chose to take a leap of faith and do something completely different in terms of content, um, especially with the um, ag structures and mechanics. So to be here sitting three years from now, kind of being nervous and not knowing if I made the right decision and kind of look back and say, oh my goodness, it kind of hits home that I made the right decision. Um, a lot has changed with our world and my world and my life, but I am so happy with my career decision and I still am like in shock that I won and it's a true honor and I'm getting teary eyed talking to you about it, but it it means a lot to me because I, I put a lot into my work and I love my job and I love my kids. So to be honored for that, it means a lot um, in that sense. So I'm sitting here crying to you, but um, uh, it does mean a lot for me. And I was super surprised. And But to me, it just, it shows the support system. It, it does take a village. It's not just me, but it's a whole effort um, for it all. So like I said, it, I just appreciate and I'm very honored that our district chose me. But all the other people that were nominated, whoo, they were some tough competition. I saw all their videos. I was like, you go with your bad self. And I'm over here and I'm just like, I'm in my green house. <laughs> yeah. well, I, that, what, what you just said does explain one of the more funnier of our moments of the evening because Representative Collins was reading a, uh, I think it was a Senate tribute to you after you had been named teacher of the year. And I think he was just kidding around. He goes, well, you really don't seem that excited about it. But <laughs> yeah, that kind of, I guess the shock is sort of, uh, you know, explains why, why he said that to you. Yeah, it, it was a true shock. I was, I remember, I didn't realize it, but my sister, she was uh, sitting next to me and she was like, Casey, like you have to go up there. Well, you gave a really nice acceptance speech that night. I know Bradley Layfield, your principal had to have been thrilled about it too. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, if you want to talk about an awesome administrator to work for, he has amazing leadership and I could not talk highly of him and our school. So um, he, he gave me a chance and the whole admin team and the district. So kudos to him because he did right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wrote a very nice letter of recommendation for you. I read it and it was very, very nice. I think portions of it were used in the video. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yes, um, yep. I want to go back to kind of like the beginning now, because you graduated from Wesley College as a math major, actually. Yes. Well, but you took the uh, ARTC path or alternative routes to certification mm -hmm. and became a teacher. Now, why did you want to become a teacher? 
So great question. So, oh, this is like a really long story. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't hate on me when I say this, but I graduated from Sussex Tech. So, <laughs> but, but I came to work at the right side at Sussex Central. Um, but I graduated and I took the pathway of health professions. So in my mind, I was like, I want to be a nurse. So my sister, she also took that pathway. She's currently a nurse practitioner right now. So kind of was molded into that. I was like, that's what I really want to do. My first year um, in college, you know, I was like, I want to be a nursing major. That's what I want to do. And then I started working at BB as a CNA. Um, but I started working there and I realized that I didn't think that was quite for me. You know, I loved helping people, but I don't think in the nursing pathway was for me. So I was done my freshman year and I changed to teach. I went to be a math major. I was going to do the teaching uh, program at Wesley, but at the time they had lost their accreditation for teaching. So I was like, well, I will just go ahead and get my math degree because I don't want to get my teaching degree. And then when I go to apply for a job, they're like, oh, well, you weren't from an accredited college. Mm -hmm. So I went through all that. And I will say that was also just really challenging, but also an amazing opportunity for me because I did a lot of different things at Wesley. Um, and I, it was a very small school in terms of like, I think there was like five kids in my classes. So like it made it, made it very personal. Moving forward, I chose teaching because I wanted to help people. So um, that was the kind of the fun part to explain because <laughs> when I talk about people went through student teaching and everything like that, I can literally sit here and say that my first day in the classroom was my first day of student teaching. So when kids entered the building, um, I was my first job. I kind of inter I interviewed at Woodbridge Middle School. That's where I went to school. Um, I was a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade math teacher. That was my first job. So um, I was sitting there and, you know, I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. And it's funny because I remember I was sitting at my mom and dad's table and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, and I was, uh, it was funny. I was sitting at our ceremony before it started and I was like, mom, we've come a long way since I was sitting at your dinner table and saying that I couldn't do this. I think teaching has always just been in my nature. I wanted to help people. And, but my goal was to always teach kids that they could, one, they could do anything they set their mind to, but also to how to be a kind human being, because I think that's what our world needs. And I think that's what sets people apart. And kindness is things that we are lacking in our nation. And that's the main goal of why I become a teacher and why and what I am teaching, essentially, I love teaching my content. However, I want to show my kids and be a role model for them that you can be kind. And you can also get far in the world by doing that. And then last but not least, Group D, what are you guys uh, planting today? Salvia. Salvia. What is it going to look like when it's bloomed? Blue. It's going to look blue. Obviously, what two colors do you think I'm going to grow the most of in our greenhouse? Blue and what? Blue and gold. Why am I going to do a lot of blue and yellows and golds in the greenhouse? Because that's our school's colors. And what do you think we'll do with the... Well, I want to I want to read something to you, um, and I want to get your reaction to it. From the moment she started teaching at Sussex Central, she has always been a guiding light to her students and one of our biggest supporters. I will always cherish the gentleness and the kindness that I received from her. No matter what, she is the most supportive person you can have in your life. Mrs. Revel is definitely one of the most benevolent, motivated, and dedicated teachers I've met throughout my 13 years of schooling. That was written by one of your students. How does that make you feel when you hear some somebody write something like that about you? 
I think it's still surreal to me that I can make an impact like that on someone. Uh, but it's, it shows that all the hard work that I've put through and the career change, it was worth it. And I also think too, that regardless of the career change that I did the right thing at becoming a teacher. I have the attributes of being a good teacher and doing what's best for kids at the end of the day. Yeah, that sort of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, you're in a really unique position because on a lot of days, your classroom is actually a greenhouse. <laughs> yes. And yes. it looks like that's really to your liking. Am I right on that? I absolutely love, especially being outside, but just in the greenhouse, I'm in my element. And it looks like the kids seem to enjoy it too, definitely. Yes, I will say they always, it's 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 hard and I feel bad sometimes when they're like, we aren't going outside today. I'm like, no, like we have to do some content here first. And then like we go outside later this week. So that's fun to like, you know, just see them get their hands into soil. Like it's funny, but I have to tell them sometimes I'm like, okay, guys. Like you don't have to keep playing with the soil. Like we have other things to do in the greenhouse. But I, I think that shows that your classroom can be anywhere. You can teach anywhere. You don't have to be in a per se classroom or um, a brick wall to say that this is my classroom. You can make things your classroom. So not just my greenhouse, but also our school farm. Um, the really cool thing about Sussex Central that most people don't know about, we have a five acre working farm. Um, and that's what makes myself and the other people that I work with very unique. We're not just teachers, but essentially we're farm managers. Uh, we run that farm um, and we make sure that, you know, the animals are fed. We make sure that our fields are taken care of. We mow the grass. Uh, the kids also take care of it. But we also have to be the ones to think about these are the tasks that need to be done. Plus, also, this is what we need to teach. So, I will say my mind is a never ending, but that's what makes it really unique that you can show kids that it's not like learning is not just in the classroom. You can learn every day. What are what are some of the activities that you do in the greenhouse? So really cool things in the greenhouse, uh, especially in the spring, I will say that's like our busy time. Uh, so what happens is around February, we start preparing for our plants for our plant sale that we have in May. So we grow some by seed we grow all our vegetables by seed and then we also grow all of our um uh, some of our marigolds we grow all of our marigolds by seed so it's really cool so the kids get to see the germination process of all that um plus get to see it in you know when they go for selling it um but also too we receive a lot of plant plugs so they're already established plants they're not all the way established but it takes probably about eight to twelve weeks to grow and we get them in segments so I will say in the month of March, our kids are busy. <laughs> um, uh, we probably have about three to 5,000 plants in our greenhouse at a time or probably more. So uh, essentially a 30 foot by 60 foot greenhouse is full of plants, essentially. I cannot do it all. It's the students. They maintain them. So that's a big part of March. They're planting and taking care of those and making sure that they're watering them. Everything is there. Then moving forward, they check to see if there's any pests, if there's any problems with the plant, and then how to treat them. So it's almost like problem solving and error analysis. So if they see anything wrong, well, why is that happening? What could we do? And I, like I said, yes, I am very knowledgeable about my subject. However, I always ask them too. They teach me things. They might know something that I don't. And that's where you have to be humble as a teacher that 
you're not always perfect and you may not know everything. So moving forward through April, we repot things because things get bigger. Um, and they are the ones doing all of the work and kind of taking the lead on it. Um, so those are like the big things in the greenhouse, but not even, not only that, they're the ones preparing it. So we talk about uh, safety and we also talked about um, health, like in terms of how do you make sure that your plants are going to stay healthy? So they had to power wash all of the greenhouse. They had to wash all of the pots that were used from last year, because if you use anything from last year, the dirt or the sediment or anything, you got to wash it. So they did all of that. Plus our greenhouse used to be behind our school. Now it is out to our farm. So they also had to uh, put down landscape paper, spray for weeds, and then also put down rock and put our tables back in. So they have done a lot of work. It is not all me. Like I, I cannot do all of it. But needless to say, they're the ones that are responsible for our plant sale in the spring. They make a catalog. They do everything. But it shows all aspects of agriculture and different jobs that you can have in agriculture as well. And the and the plant sale is a really big deal, right? I mean, uh, what what are that you said that's in May? What are some of the plants that, and flowers that you sell as a result of this? So we have a lot. So I will say in terms of vegetables that we grew by seed, we have radishes, we have carrots, we have different herbs, we have squash. Um, well, there's zucchini. That's a lot of the vegetables we have. And um, we have marigolds, in terms of flowers, we have marigolds, we have portulaca, we have hostas, we have vincas, impatience. I could keep going on. I would be here all day. But there's so many different things. And this is, I would say, probably the second year that I have really taken advantage and done all of this. Uh, so my first year, there was um, Anthony Brooks was in charge of our plant science department. And then I took over when he left in 2021. And I also had a kid in 2021. So I learned a lot last year, I will say, and then it kind of made me reflect what could I do different this year. So I think it's always still a learning process. So what plants could you grow? What could you do differently? And how could you adjust? I would say my biggest obstacle this year is uh, my greenhouse used to be right behind my classroom. And now it's out to the farm. So it's not as accessible. So in terms of the greenhouse, the plant sale itself, it's a little more difficult um, for customers to get back there. So still trying to be innovative of what I could do. But I will say we had a really cool thing this year. Um, our agriculture welding and fabrication teacher, Jason Stokel and his students built a plant stand so we could kind of transfer all the plants back from the greenhouse onto the stand. The cool thing about that plant stand is that'll be used for this summer with our produce, and we'll be selling that at our high school and then also Ingram Pond. And the, the greenhouse had to be moved because the, of the construction of the new yep. high school, which is going to be connected to the current school. So yep. that was uh, I know that that was kind of a tough situation, but it sounds like you've made it work pretty well. So, <laughs> And I will never complain at all about it because first, people shouldn't listen to people that complain. And two, I am getting a new greenhouse with our new school. Now, you also work with some special needs students in your program, including some from the Howard Tiena School. So I absolutely love, love, love um, our students from Howard T. Ennis and um, also our life skills program at Sussex Central High School. So when I first came back from returning leave, uh, before I left, actually, um, I was emailed by the teacher, Ms. Showered, for Howard T. Ennis, the satellite program. And she was, was asking, you know, can we push into your program I was like, yes, absolutely. You know, come on in. So it's been a great thing for me because it's challenged me to kind of 
how can I make sure to include them and how can I make them part of the classroom? And also too, with my students, how can I include them with each other and not make them feel separate? And that was always my goal. And that's my goal for any time that I teach. I want people to feel included and I want them to feel that their voice matters. So I will say it has been a learning experience for me on how I can differentiate my lessons and what I can do for them. Um, and then also too, it's been really heartwarming to see my students in my classes that are enrolled work with them because they've been very open and very helpful and just kind human beings. They didn't judge them based off their disabilities. They didn't judge them based off what they look like. They have always been kind. And also too, it's really cool. I've ha invited them in on separate occasions and my like upper level classes have actually taught them how to do things. And to me, that shows true mastery if you can teach what I've taught you. And it's really endearing to see that. And my goal is always wanting them to feel included in my classroom. But my goal is to also make them feel included in the world. And my platform and like what am I I'm really passionate about is really trying to include them in the FFA part, especially with the competition part. So something that I would love to do is essentially have a special ed Ag Olympics. We have competitions in FFA uh, that cover different pathways and different subjects and different careers. But I feel like we're missing that part in the FFA world of how can we include students that are have these severe learning disabilities and make them part of it. Because at the end of the day, the hands-on experience is where they excel. So that's really what my heart is for. And I want them to feel included, in not only in FFA, but also in the workforce, at the end of the day, I will say they are probably one of the hardest working people that you'll ever hire or just have. I advocate for them because I wouldn't want someone to judge me based off what I have. And something that also I learned during my career throughout time, anybody that has a learning disability or maybe different and learns differently, it's like a pair of glasses. Some people wear them and some people have different prescriptions, and but you shouldn't judge them for the glasses that they wear. I'm glad that you brought up FFA because that's another huge part of your job. You're the school's FFA advisor. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at that position, I mean, it involves coaching, it involves fundraising, it involves career counseling, it involves community service. That's a, that's a, just for one position, that's a lot to be responsible for. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it sounds to me like you love it. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I love it. And I always say that to like, my staff that I work with and my husband too, because he's probably like, oh my gosh, what do you have now after school? My husband is a saint, but it's different because in terms of bringing your work home, you know, when I was a math teacher, I brought my work home. I had to do a lot of different things. So it, my time goes elsewhere. However, the cool part about being an FFA advisor, you're not only helping the students, but you're helping the community. So for example, I'll start because it's such a big realm that I'm going to talk about in terms of uh, FFA. We coach our students on career development events and also leadership development events. And there's a wide variety um, that they could get involved in. So I'll just speak to the ones that I coached this year. Um, I coached a student this year on prepared public speaking, and he had to write a speech based off an agricultural topic. And he had to provide research and he had to write a paper off of it. And then he had to memorize this speech and then say it in front of a group of judges. So the really cool thing about his speech was he was able to actually talk about his journey and his family's journey 
in their contribution, contributions in agriculture, but also to their journey of how they were immigrants, but then they became citizens in the United States. So talking about how they worked in agriculture during all that process. So that was a really cool moment for me, um, just working with him on that speech. I will tell you this student, he used to message me on Schoology last year. I had him last year in class and he was afraid to talk to me. <laughs> so he would message me if he wanted something instead of talking to me. <laughs> now, two years later, he is an FFA officer for our chapter. He is a little social butterfly. So I think that journey, just showing that like those competitions help kids you know, truly find themselves, but also grow um, in terms of leaders. So he learned about an agriculture topic and did research, but he also, he grew as a leader. So those competitions that we prepare and coach them for, it's, they're learning things about an agriculture topic, but they're also just learning about themselves. I will say an, uh, another student, very similar, she hardly talked. And then she did floriculture for two years. And now she's just she's flourishing. Like she is just amazing. And she wants to do something in environmental science. So just those things and seeing the growth of students just shows why I do it and why FFA is super important in that terms. We also, you know, help our kids get uh, blue jackets, uh, the blue jacket, corduroy blue jacket, if you've never seen for FFA, we help them, uh, we write and help them we write letters of reference and we help them build an application for the Farm Bureau. They do a blue jacket bonanza every year where they can receive their blue jacket for free, which is a great incentive. Um, so we had 10 applicants this year and I helped, I think, about five of them. <laughs> so that's a lot of kids just from Sussex Central High School. In addition to that, uh, in terms of fundraising, for my department, we lead a lot of, I manage a lot of fundraising opportunities. In the fall time, I oversee and manage our mom fundraiser that we do. I oversee and run our holiday fundraiser where my plant science students, it was really cool. They uh, cut holly from our holly trees out front and they also use local Christmas trees from actually a retired ag teacher and uh, used to be ag teacher from the Lawson's Ag Tech. Uh, they do, or they gave us the Christmas trees, but they cut off all the branches and then they made wreaths and grave blankets to sell to the community. So all that came back to the FFA as well. And then for the springtime is our annual Mother's Day and spring plant sale. So needless to say, <laughs> I, do, I oversee a lot of fundraisers for our department. And then just the community outreach. Uh, so really cool. We have a FFA boosters page on Facebook. So I kind of take the role or take the lead of posting things and showing off what our chapter is up to and just showing our community what is going on. So for example, we do things like Reese Across America during December. We do Christmas parades. Uh, we read at North Georgetown Elementary School for FFA week. We do tons of things, but it's just giving back to the community and showing that this is what we're doing. FFA is all about the community and giving back. Um, and that's part of the motto. It's living to serve. You know, we're trying to teach our students that the best thing for, you know, just being a great human being and being a great leader is giving back to your community. Well, your students have also created landscape scenery for some pretty important events at Sussex Central. Uh, we're talking about prom, uh, graduation, senior awards, the Hall of Fame induction. And am I correct in assuming that this is something you take immense pride in? 
it's really cool to see a large scale thing that my students did and kind of they give their feedback too. They're like, we should use these flowers, this and that. It's cool to see the really big landscape stuff come together. I will say the greatest thing for me and kind of something that I hold memory to is last year's graduation. So just a quick story. Um, our floral vendor that we used um, at the time, they would only deliver on Wednesdays. So graduation last year was on a Wednesday. Okay, so it was 11 o'clock. My flowers have not been delivered yet. <laughs> so at noon or 1230, they came. Now, note, there's probably thousands of flowers. And if you've ever seen what our graduation looked like last year, there was a lot of flowers, fresh cut flowers. So my fifth period, and I only had 12 students in my class at this time, we knocked out some arrangements. I will tell you that we knocked out some things at that time period. But the cool thing was, I went out there onto the football field around 5 p.m. No one was on there. There was it was peaceful. It was quiet. The sun was like you know going down, and it was just. And then you look out and you see all these flowers that the kids did, and we put together last minute. And I was just like, we did this, and it was just really beautiful to see it all come to fruition. And it just, I take pride in our school, and I take pride um, in our district. Um, so just knowing that I took, you know, the lead on it, because I talked to our head custodian, and he was like, can you do something? I was like, sure. And just to, to see me, little old me, um, to kind of, you know, take the leadership on that, it was kind of crazy to see it all come together. Now, you are the Sussex County representative for the Delaware Association of Agriculture Educators. Mm -hmm. But my question about that is, what is the turn the key recognition, which you just received recently, I believe? So um, what happens is you're nominated from your peers. You have to be in years two, three, and four of as an agriculture teacher to be nominated. And I was nominated for this prestigious award, I would say, because I guess I guess I'm doing good, apparently. Um, but my peers, my peers nominated me. Um, so that's when I talk about peers, I mean, anybody that's an ag teacher in Delaware, they can nominate you. And then um, they sent out another ballot and then they vote for the final person that wins. And that was me. So um, they essentially you're picked for it based off what you're doing as a novice teacher in agriculture for your program, for your students. Um, and if you're doing a excellent or outstanding things in your community. So I now another reason why I know I made the right career decision. Yeah. Well that's that was probably my last question for you. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the the accolade, you know, obviously the teacher of the year award mm -hmm. and you know other awards like the turn the key. You know, is that has that in your mind validated, you know, the career decisions, the tough career decisions you've had to make in like the last 10 years or so? Yeah, and you get me teary-eyed again over here. Um, because <laughs> uh, a lot has happened in my, the past three years, just in terms of life and everything. So, uh, in twenty twenty, I had to adjust teaching a new topic, uh, and also trying to teach students on Zoom and also hybrid. Uh, so that was just interesting. And at the time, then I also became pregnant. So. Just looking back at that journey, I was teaching um, <laughs> structures. And the funny thing is I was building the greenhouse tables and I was probably about six months pregnant in the heat of May. And there's a heater in the greenhouse. So I just remember 
having this big old belly and building these tables and I had a male predominant class. So it just makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> um, and then going into 2021 um, in September, I had my uh, kid uh, Kinsley. So just adjusting to life as a, as a teacher and as a mom and someone that's still fairly new in agriculture, like to me, like I get teary eyed because that's been like the best thing is just like becoming a mom, but also managing the life of a teacher um so and it just makes me realize that I did the right thing because I'm so happy in my decision and when I go to work I enjoy going to work and I love it and I just love the district that I work for and the school I work for it just it's crazy to think about the journey from start to finish but I'm just excited to see like what else I could do for our district our school um, our state, um, and just the world, and especially anything to advocate for agriculture. And obviously, congratulations. It's a it's a great <laughs> honor uh, for you. Is there anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap things up? Uh, I just, I think I just want to say thank you to Indian River School District for giving me this honor again. I mean, it's just, it's still surreal, but I'm hoping to win the state level at the state level and go far and just, you know, really show what our district is capable of, but also to advocate for agriculture and also students with special needs, um, not just in FFA, but also in the workforce. So that's really my heart and soul and probably will be until I retire and even so more. <laughs> As IRSD's Teacher of the Year, Casey is now eligible for the State Teacher of the Year Award, which will be announced in October. I want to thank her for being kind enough to speak with me for nearly an hour about her career and the agri-science program at Sussex Central High School. We wish her luck in the state competition. Before we wrap up this episode, let's recognize the Teacher of the Year winners from each district school. They are Melanie Absher of East Millsboro Elementary School, Beth Baker of the Howard T. Ennis School, Jessica Behrens of Lord Baltimore Elementary School, Ashley Carter of Millsboro Middle School, Triwana DeShields Morris of North Georgetown Elementary School, Hillary Diefenderfer of Indian River High School, Sheila Ebke of Philip C. Shaw Elementary School, Kelsey Gulledge of Longneck Elementary School, Leanne Hearn of Georgetown Elementary School, Wendy McCabe of Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Clayton Reapin of Selbyville Middle School, Abby Tribbett of John M. Clayton Elementary School, Elizabeth Walter of Georgetown Middle School, and Brooks Weibel of the IRSD Early Learning Center. Congratulations to all. Photos from the District Teacher of the Year ceremony can be found on the Indian River School District Facebook page. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and several other podcast platforms and mobile apps. Episodes and bonus content can also be accessed by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. To search for episodes on Facebook, Use the hashtags IRSD Podcast and IRSD Spotlight. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District.
Yeah, that was cool. That was the first time we ever had it at Seed and Sapling, too. That's the first time I had ever been there personally. So I thought that really yeah. added a nice element to it also. So it was beautiful. It was absolutely yeah. beautiful. I, I was like, are, am I getting married? Today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of weddings out there, that's for sure. But yeah, it's beautiful, though.